It is not just merely what happens in political circles. It's about all of us who are part of this land and part of this country. And as I read this verse, I I don't think it's merely talking about those who are serving in politics. I think it refers to those who walk with the Lord and the influence God wants us to have on this land. And so Proverbs 29, verse 2. I'm going to ask when you find that to stand in God's honor. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Let's pray. Father, um, Lord, our hearts are heavy at times as we look around and things are amiss in a lot of ways, Lord. Father, we need for you to um, grab a hold of hearts, including our hearts, God, Matter of fact, uh, we know that revival always starts at home. It starts with me and moves out. And I pray, Father, that you grab a hold of me and grab a hold of each of us. God, that we might see you in your glory. And God, that you might be able to touch lives. And Father, America is not just an ideal. It, it is God's people at work in the country in the heart of this land and and father i just pray for that lord that's the roots and i pray that it would end up growing father to branches and that fruit might come out of that lord from where the roots are and god i just work this morning as we look at you lord uh, remind us of you god and we love you we need you god speak to our hearts in your name we pray amen we think about America's greatness, um, it, it's not just uh, this land that we live in from sea to shining sea, although I've always had a dream how great it would be to be able to do like a, I don't know, a tour of how many months it would take just to really see the entire country. I think that would be just an awesome vacation and a chance to see this great land because as you look across the United States, there's just so much beauty and so much to see. And, and I can't help but think of that story with the Nestors as they talked about they were traveling went to the Grand Canyon. And Rachel, you know, is like, well, what's the big deal? It's just a big hole in the ground, you know, when you're a little kid. You have a different perspective. But there's just so much beauty and so much to see. And, uh, but, but that's not merely the greatness of our land. Also, uh, the idea of freedom. Freedom of religion, not as so often as espoused in our day, freedom from religion. That's not what it said. It doesn't say freedom from religion to push God out. But that you have a right, according to your conscience, to be able to worship God and to seek Him from your heart. that You know, that's that inalienable right. And, and there's a freedom to assemble, to come together, and we don't have to worry about someone charging in here and dragging us off, but we have a choice to come together. And a right to bear arms, a, the, to defend ourselves, a, a right of free speech. There, there are these rights, and, 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 and of course that's a part that we cherish of America, but that's not all there is to the greatness of America. There is... The idea of the right for the pursuit of happiness. Not the right of happiness. There's no guarantee that everybody's going to be happy. There's no guarantee that we're going to have um, equal success, equal achievement. But there should be equal opportunity. That's the dream. That's the heart. 
That if you're willing to work hard, you ought to have an opportunity to achieve. I love the founder of Holiday Inn said, you know, it's really easy uh, to become successful in business. All you have to do is work half days. You just have to decide if you're going to work the first 12 hours or the second 12 hours of every day. You know, hard work to be able to to achieve um, the idea of, of greatness in this land, the idea of greatness in this country, but it doesn't come without sacrifice. And I appreciate Annette, as she shared, of the great sacrifice, as she remembered of her grandfather, and others who sacrificed for our land. And it's embedded in America, the, the concept of sacrifice and those who suffered. Guys, it didn't just happen. As you look at those founding fathers, those who lost, many who not only lost their lives, but they were wealthy and they, they lost their wealth in order to stand up for these basic truths to us that is so easy for us to take for granted. Uh, some of those, John Hancock, when he signed, he, uh, he signed twice as large as anyone else, and he explained it by saying, I wanted to make sure that uh, His Majesty could see my handwriting without his spectacles. And then there was Stephen Hopkins. Uh, he, he was a very old man, and his hand shook as he signed the declaration. But um, he uh, set his heart didn't shake. His heart didn't tremble. Um, as, as we see the flag, as we're reminded of sacrifices, the red of, of the blood of people who gave and um, who shared, the greatness cannot, you can't take God out of that. There are those today that just want to say, hey, you know, freedom from religion, stay out of America. But that's not our history. That's not America. That, that's not from which we were birthed. In 1620, the pilgrims came over here. And, and what they come, not just in search of riches, they came in search of an opportunity to serve God, to worship God according to their hearts and their beliefs. Um, in the second paragraph of the Mayflower Compact, their document, they wrote these words, for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That was their hearts of these pilgrims that came over here. Of course, that first winter was a tough one. Nearly half of them died because of the severity of the winter. Uh, they were able to plant corn in that next spring, 21 acres of corn. So what did they do? Well, 58 pilgrims and 80 Indians got together, and they had a Thanksgiving meal. It wasn't, you know, for a couple of hours. It was for three days. Three days of celebration. And it wasn't like some of the history books that had been rewritten that said that the uh, Indians and the pilgrims thanked each other for being able to grow this vast amount of food. But they thanked God for allowing them to survive and working uh, to, to take care of them. Um, you know, it's, it's not like today we sit and we have a big meal and the guys wait to see the football game and, and some of the ladies are thinking about going shopping the next day to... Uh, get the deals. No, it, it, it was a time to celebrate it. As you know, I've always said that affluence tends to breed apathy, and we're a victim of our own blessings. We are so often so surrounded by blessing, and with so so blessed that we don't see the blessing. We miss it. Abraham Lincoln uh, said this two hundred forty years after the Pilgrims. 
he proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving. He wrote, we've been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We've grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation's ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied enriched and strengthened us. And we vainly imagine in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all those blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we've become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God who made us. Lincoln's words. Uh, In the New England Confederation, uh, these words... Whereas we all came into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy the liberties of the gospel in liberty and peace. Man, that's from whence we came. Uh, someone asked Abraham Lincoln one, uh, or Abra- excuse me, Abraham Lincoln asked a farmer. I got it backwards. Abraham Lincoln asked a farmer. He said, okay, let's say, how many, how many legs does a cow have? And the farmer said, four. He said, well, if we call a tail a leg, how many legs does a cow have? And the farmer said, five. And he said, just because you call a tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. It still has four legs and a tail. He said, no matter what we hear, no matter how people try to rewrite what happened in history, if you go back to our country when it was formed, there were a group of people who were hurting, a group of people who wanted to be free, a group of people who knew that they needed God in their lives. They knew they had to cry out to God because they weren't strong enough. They weren't able to find freedom and relief without God. And so they reached out to Him, and God bestowed His mercy and His blessing upon this land. You know, there's this idea of wall of separation of church and state, and that that's in our documents. And and yet, that came from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Association. And, And the whole idea of the letter was, I want to make sure that government does not meddle in your ability to worship God. I don't want the government to get into church matters. Because that's not the business of the government. And everything has been turned around to make it look like that God should totally be out of society and and, and, and that there should be nothing of God among our nation. And that's just so different. Uh, Here's the actual words of the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That the church, that we should be able to come together and worship God according to the scriptures and not have to worry about the government telling us how to worship God. You know, here's how things have changed. When George Washington was sworn into office as the President of the United States, afterward, you know what he did? He picked up the Bible and he started kissing it. And then you know what he did? He met together with the Congress and for two hours they had a worship service. They sang to God, they read the scriptures together, and it was a time of celebration and worship to God. Now as we look at our land, what happens, man? It's like, oh, if I'm going to run for office, I can't mention God. It might alienate somebody or somebody, you know, and there's all this worry and there's all this fear over mentioning what I believe and and mentioning God. And, and, And then George Washington, they had a worship service for two hours worshiping him. Man, how it's changed. I remember... Remember a couple of years ago, Roy Moore in Alabama, uh, that, that judge, and, and he got in trouble because he didn't want to have the Ten Commandments removed from the courtroom. 
And he caused this big fight, and he ended up losing um, his job over having the Ten Commandments in the courtroom. Man, how things have changed in a quick amount of time. In 1776, 11 of the 13 colonies required that before you could run for political office, you had to be a professing Christian. Isn't that amazing? And in 1777, uh, Congress voted to spend $300,000 to purchase Bibles and hand them out. This is government. Voted to make sure that there were Bibles put in our schools to help in the education of reading and to help in the education of what God had to say on the best way to live life. Do you know that in all 50 states in our constitutions, there's reference to God? Written on the liberty bell are words from Leviticus 25 verse 10, proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Um, written above the Los Angeles City Hall or part of Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. There are a number of presidents who mention the fact that we needed God at work in our land or we'd be in trouble. President Reagan said these words in one of his speeches. He said, if America ever forgets that we're one nation under God, we will be one nation gone under. Man, we need God. To push God out does not advance our nation. It doesn't move us forward. People that say that's progressive, that's not progressive. To head away from God, that's destruction. Edmund Burke said, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And we find ourselves a, a victim of our blessing that we're just seems like we're like the frog in the kettle, just boiling it and as things tend to continue to, to, to fall apart. Uh, Michael Ludo uh, sued to get the name of God taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance and he lost. We know that uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare sued to have the name of God um, taken out of the school system and she won. There's this battle to remove God, to remove God from our land. Um, you guys know Second Chronicles 7.14, many of you. What a great promise. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. The answer to our nation is not found in the White House or the courthouse. It's found in God's house. It's found in the hearts of God's people for the influence to reach out with a message that really changes lives, that really makes the difference, guys. Um, I just want to quickly look at four areas of, 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 uh, that God wants of us in serving Him in this land. Because uh, like I said, when it says the, uh, the people thrive on the righteous rule, it's not talking about politicians. It's talking about Americans. Where's our hearts? First thing that we're called to do, uh, sounds kind of funny as much as I've grumbled, you know, pay our taxes. It's part of the law, part of what we're called to do. You know what Jesus said? He said, render to Caesars what is Caesars and to God what is God's. And I think it's interesting in Matthew 17, uh, they were complaining and saying, I wonder if Jesus and that bunch pay their taxes. 
And so the disciples came to Jesus, and of course Jesus, knowing all things, knew the question, what was coming. And so he told his followers, it says in Matthew 17, go fishing. This is a great way to get your tax money, man. I wish I could, one of those things I could claim. Fishermen do too, I'm sure. The first fish you catch, there'll be a coin in there to pay our taxes. But our Lord said, I don't want that to be a stumbling block. We need to be responsible to the land to pay the taxes. Uh, this is from Romans thirteen seven. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Number two, we're called to pray for our nation. Turn with me to First uh, Timothy chapter two. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through three. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. We're to pray for those in authority over us. We're to pray that God gets a hold of their hearts. We're to pray for them. Not to be their enemies, but to pray for them. Um, that's, that's the call. Uh, third, um, instead of bad-mouthing our land, we need to learn to love our land again. <laughs> to praise America, the ideals of America, the freedom that we have um, as it continues to pass away. We need to remember where we came from, and we need to be proud of that, and that needs to be our heartbeat. These people, as they came together, they sought God's mercy. They sought God's heart. And, and they, they believed that people uh, were loved by God and that they should be treated that way, guys. That's, that's really the basis of, of our founding fathers as they come together. It's a heartbeat, really, of God's love for people that we're all created equal and should have that equal opportunity, although we're not you know, uh, equal in what we can do. Uh, but that's, that's God's heart. We need to get back to that and... and there just needs to be a love. This idea of, of burning the flag, that's not freedom of speech. That's treason. That just really troubles me. It really bothers me. This idea of, of, of spreading hate, of, of, that's, not, that's not God's heart. And then the fourth one here, and the last one here as I close, is there needs to be a participation. As I say, a participation in our land uh, at a very... Basic note, we need to vote. It's amazing how many people do not vote. Do not show up to vote. It's a right that we have. And, and I, I encourage you, I challenge you, you know, to make sure you're registered, to make sure you vote. I'm not trying to tell you how to vote. Just vote. Man, find out what that candidate stands for. Participate. Don't just sit and complain. Vote. And then maybe there's other ways God wants you to be involved. I'm not here to start pushing political agendas. But if you love the land, find ways to be involved in people's lives in America. Find, find ways to make a difference in serving Christ and in, in, in serving our land and in making that difference. And, and God will be honored uh, in that. I close, of course, with the John 8:32. Then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Let's pray. Okay, Lord, uh, thank you for allowing us to come together, God, 
we don't even realize how blessed we are no one charged through the door this morning to harm anyone here. God, we are able to freely meet and we're freely able to talk about you. I know there's a lot of people in our land that don't like it, but God, we've given a freedom to enjoy it. And, and God, I don't want to take that for granted. I want to thank you that, that we can do that, Lord. And I pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who don't have that privilege. Father, I pray for your protection for them and that you love them, Lord, and show them. And, and Father, I, God, I, I just pray. Um, I pray for each of us, God. We are America. I am. And, and Father, I have a job to do, and that's to love you. And Father, isn't a, that's what I believe you want of me. And I believe that will make a difference in this land, too. Because for America to be great, God, we need you. And, and I just pray about that. It starts right here in this place we're gathered. God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do in the lives of these others who are here? I know you want us to be closer to you, and that starts by turning to Jesus Christ. That starts by saying, I, I want to do what God wants me to do. And I just pray, Father, you search our hearts freely and that we look to do that this morning and that you are honored and that you are worshipped, Father. This time we call invitation, God. I, I Just move among us, Lord. If we need to pray at the altar, bring us to the altar. If we need, Father, to make some commitment public, bring us to share with your people, God. Maybe right where we are we need to make a decision. God, just burn deep in our hearts, God, that that need, God, and draw us to you. Lord, that's the heart, God. I, I just pray for that to occur, Lord. Um, Father, you want to do something among us. You want something great to happen in America, but it starts right here. And So, God, work in my heart. Work in the hearts of these people, all of us, Lord. May the Kingsway family be touched by you and thus touch others, Lord. God, have freedom to work. In your name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand?